Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome to the First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thanks for stopping by our YouTube channel to view today's sermon. I do want to remind you that we meet on Zoom for worship at 11 a.m., and we would love to have you join us for that. You can find out information in the description link below about how you can do that and about our other activities. A couple of other words that I want to share with you. Uh, Next Sunday, October 4th, is an important day in the life of our church. We're going to gather at 5 p.m. In the, in the back church parking lot, the main parking lot that's behind the main building, at 5 o'clock for a Vesper service. It'll be the first time that we have physically been in the same space in over six months, and I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to seeing you together. Uh, we have a lot of protocols for that service. I'll do a video about that later in the week so you'll know what to expect and what to bring, and I hope that I can see you there, and um, also want to remind you that that service will be available on Zoom as well. Um, Everything we do going forward uh, is going to be available online as well, so that you can either, uh, you can, we don't want to leave anybody out, is what I'm getting to. (laughs) Um, So if you want to come and participate physically in the Vespers, you'll be welcome to. If you want to do that online, you'll be welcome to as well. Both of those ways are perfectly wonderful ways to join us, and um, I look forward to that. I also want to share with you that I think this is probably the last sermon from the stump, and I'm a little bit sad about that. I, I haven't enjoyed preaching to the camera. I haven't enjoyed it at all. I should say I did not enjoy it at all, and now I've kind of come to Kind of like it, especially from this stump that's in the behind the house here. Um, I, two things I especially like about it. One, I think I have three things actually. One, um, as a minister, I, these Saturday nights are unbelievable when you can go to bed with your sermon, sermon already done. <laughs> Haven't slept that well on Saturday night, and I don't know how long. Uh, so that's been kind of nice to have your sermon done. It's uploaded. You're like, hey, the sermon's done. And then I can show up for worship and it kind of feels like worship. <laughs> um, but here are the real reasons I'm going to miss this. I have really enjoyed preaching with shorts on and with my shirt tail untucked. I may just stick with that. I don't know. I mean. You know, I'm behind the pulpit anyway. You can't really see that, even in the sanctuary. That the reason that uh, this is probably the last sermon from the pulpit, from the from the stump pulpit, 
is because uh, our construction and renovation at church is far enough along. We're not too, way for, too far away from that being over so that we can actually get back into the sanctuary and broadcast worship from there. Uh, so hopefully on October 4th, our Zoom worship, you'll see me in the sanctuary and Leslie or Kay there in the sanctuary with me. And that's be really the only change with that. But you'll once again be able to see that familiar sacred space. That's if we don't get any glitches between now and then. We have to, There's some work that still has to be done uh, to make all that possible and to make it come through well, and we're trying to get that finished. So anyway, this may not be the last one, but it may, it may. And I, one other thing, I, I guess the biggest thing I won't miss are the mosquitoes. There's like a ton of mosquitoes behind this pulpit, and it was the September 13th sermon. If you didn't watch all the way to the end, you may not know that, so you can just go back after this sermon and watch all the way to the end of September 13th, get a little look behind the mosquitoes. All right, that was way too much stuff. So, here's the text from Philippians 2. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now Paul is writing from either prison or house arrest in Rome. And he's writing because he wants this church in Philippi, a church which he planted along with Lydia, who was, by the way, the first convert to Christianity in Europe, 
but he's writing to them because he wants these fellow believers to know that he is grateful for their support. And he's also writing him because, to them because he's always writing about this. He's writing to them because he wants this congregation to look like Jesus. He wants them to know he's grateful for the way they've supported him. He wants to remind them that the calling of the church is to look like Jesus. So first, I want to mirror Paul here with this gratitude piece. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your patience, your understanding, your encouragement in these strange times. You have been patient and you have been faithful and you have been encouraging. And I am very, very grateful for that. There are lots of churches who have not met in their sanctuaries in over six months. There's a lot of churches that haven't done that. I know there are a lot of churches around here that are meeting like normal, but trust me, there are lots and lots of churches that aren't doing that. In fact, all of our church, none of our churches in town are doing that. We're all, they're all kind of in the same boat that we are, and so are many, many, many other churches. But for us, it's been a lot longer than six months since we've been in the sanctuary. It's been over a year since we have been in our sanctuary together to worship. We started this Restore, Renew, Reach Out, our capital improvement campaign and, and project and we moved over to the activity building and you have been so patient so flexible and I am really really grateful and I just want to say that clearly enthusiastically I want to say thank you I want to say thanks for sticking with us through this and I want to shout out my gratitude for your generous and your faithful giving. You have given generously and faithfully for our day-to-day -day ministries, generously and faithfully for our capital improvements. Now, don't get the big head, okay? But you should feel good about this. This is something you should have joy about, which is another one of the key themes here in Philippians, that even in difficult times, there is joy, and we should be joyous, and we should celebrate that. Our weekly giving is actually ahead of where we were last year at this time. And last year was a good year, and we're ahead of that this year in these crazy, strange times, which kind of makes me wonder, <laughs> is our giving this good? <laughs> because you don't have to hear me preach, you can just kind of fast forward through it or not even cut it on. Is that what it is? going to be a rough transition for you when you can't do that <laughs> and I also want to specifically thank our deacons for their patience and their wisdom and their unity I know many colleagues who have not had this gift there have been churches that are fighting over whether they should meet or shouldn't meet churches who are saying there's no way we're going to wear masks and meet. You're infringing on my rights. People just, it, there have been some awful, awful times for ministers. And in fact, all those churches need to go back and read this text from Philippians and understand how that it's not really about them. They should do that. Our deacons have gotten this so well. Goodness, this has been a hard time, but because of their commitment, to Christ and to this community of faith, 
it has gone so, so well for us, I think. And I'm really grateful. Grateful for their leadership. I've told them this privately, but I want you to hear it. You should be grateful for them too. Because they have, they have done well in the midst of this. I think they have reflected exactly what Paul is writing about here. This kind of harmony that the church, the congregation should reflect. So that's to mirror Paul's gratitude and thanksgiving. Now I want to mirror Paul's imperative. And this is it in a sentence. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is who we are called to be. Now just think, if the one who created all of this, the God of the universe, the very essence of life, this God puts on flesh, becomes one of us, and humbles himself to the point of death. Wow. I mean, just think about those implications for us. This is who God is? What God has done for us? How God has welcomed us? And loved us and forgiven us. Now, in the ancient world, love was considered to be superior to death. And harmony was preferred to fighting and quarreling, two pieces here that Paul is talking about in the text. Those were kind of right in pace with the culture. But humility, humility was seen as weakness in the ancient world. And the truth is, I think it still is. Now, we probably wouldn't admit that that's how we personally view it. But I think we can agree that our culture does not reward humility. In fact, it usually rewards the opposite. We still think humility is weak. The text says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let each of you look not to your own interest but to the interest of others. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine how things would look if the church really believed this? 
Can you imagine <laughs> what life would be like if we actually practiced this? I mean, if the church really embodied this, can you imagine? Can you imagine the power that the church would have? Not a power that dominates. That's how we typically think of power in our culture. I'm not talking about a power that dominates. I'm talking about a power that serves. Not, not a power that lords over folks, but a power that lifts up those who are broken down. A power that frees the oppressed and the oppressor. A power that, to be quite honest with you, <laughs> a power that looks like powerlessness in the world. Yeah. That's how they would see that. That's how the culture would see that. Oh, you're weak. But they're wrong. Because this is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the same power that will bend every single knee. It's a power made perfect in weakness. A power that is not ours. A power that we don't possess, but instead a power that can possess us. This power of the Spirit can and will work in and through us, and oftentimes in spite of us, may that power humble us so that we might look like this humble one who saves and redeems the world in the most unusual of ways. May that power get hold of us and may it shake us and rattle us to our core so that we might look like Jesus the Christ. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. Remember to whom you belong. You belong to Jesus, our Lord and our brother. We are children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through this spirit. That is so powerful. You are the very body of Christ. So may you and me, may we serve the Lord with gladness all our days. Amen.